0: Welcome to Better Food Stories, a show that celebrates real food and the people and companies who make it. I'm Audria Greenhoff, and in this interview series, I'm sitting down with the entrepreneurs behind some of today's newest and most innovative food brands out there to find out what it really takes to make it in this highly competitive space. Hey guys, welcome back to the Better Food Stories Podcast, the podcast dedicated to celebrating today's change makers in the food industry. I am your host, Audrea Greenhoff, and in today's episode, I am excited to introduce you to Jennifer Chow, the co-founder of Nurture Life, a meal delivery service specifically designed for babies, toddlers, and young children. Now, I might not be a mama yet. But if you do know me, then you know that in addition to being a huge fan of exploring new food brands and restaurants, I love me a good meal delivery service, especially when it's health-centric. David and I have been huge fans of South Florida-based companies like Deliver Lean and Catered Fit for our lunches and dinners. We've also tried other ones like Daily Harvest and Carve and a slew of other companies, so, when I connected with Jennifer to learn more about her company, Nurture Life, I instantly fell in love with the concept and had to bring her on the show to share her insight with you guys. In my conversation with Jennifer, you'll learn how she went from being a marketing executive for the tech industry to running her own food company, how Nurture Life is disrupting the rapidly growing segment of healthy food delivery, how this company has built a brand that parents love and trust and what the first year of business is like for a new food company. As always, you can check out the show notes for this and other episodes of the Better Food Stories podcast at audriagreenhoff.com. Now, on to my interview with Jennifer Chow of Nurture Life. Jennifer Chow, welcome to Better Food Stories. Thank you so much for joining me.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: I am really excited to to talk to you today. I love the concept behind your brand and as well as the story behind it. Um, So before we jump too deep into the backstory and the origins of Nurture Life, why don't you just introduce yourself for anyone who might not be familiar with the brand, introduce yourself and tell me a little bit about what Nurture Life is all about.
1: Absolutely. Um, So, my name is Jennifer Chow, and I am a co founder of Nurture Life. And Nurture Life is a company that provides freshly made, wholesome, ready to eat meals for babies, toddlers, and kids. We are a direct to consumer business. And so, the whole premise behind the business is that we want to help parents um, feed their kids better um, in a way that is more convenient, and we want to impact the healthy development of children.
0: So this is a meal delivery um, kind of. It's a, is it a subscription base? How does it work
1: exactly? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so we are a subscription-based business. What we find is that many of our families want the consistency of knowing what they'll be feeding their kids um, you know, week after week and having a solution um, that is um, more consistent. Um, but we also have a lot of families that use this as a backup plan. Um, so yes, we are a subscription service, um, but we do provide a lot of flexibility with our service. So customers can go every week, they can skip weeks, Um, they can cancel. Um, So essentially, they can really make the Nurture Life service work for their needs.
0: You mentioned that you offer both baby food and toddler food. Who would you say is your typical customer? And what is it that, um, you know, their biggest challenges are? And what exactly are they looking for with Nurture Life?
1: We find that our, um, you know, the majority of our customers um, are families who have younger kids. Um, so anywhere from babies that are just starting to eat solids, to um, you know, babies who are starting to feed themselves and more interested in finger foods, to toddlers and younger kids. We typically find that the majority of the kids that we are feeding range from somewhere between eight and ten months, all the way up until about seven or eight years of age, but we do provide meals for the um, entire baby, toddler, and child spectrum. So essentially from when babies are first starting starting to eat solids all the way up until 18 years of age. What we find with our families is that many of our families have pretty hectic schedules. They, um, in many cases, have, you know, both parents working, single parents Or a situation where you have one parent working and one parent that is um, incredibly busy with kids activities, um, you know, and, and other commitments, and they still want to feed their kids really well, they want to feed their kids freshly made high quality nutritionally balanced meals, but they don't necessarily have the time to do it themselves. And that typically is what we find to be the majority of nurture life customers so families that want to feed their kids really high quality nutritionally balanced meals but don't have time to cook it themselves and want something that is a convenient ready-made solution
0: i love you know like i mentioned i love this concept and i know that the idea stems um kind of hits close to home for you tell me about where the idea first came from for this company
1: so the idea for Nurture Life was really born out of an experience that me and um, my partner, my husband, um, experienced firsthand when our, he's currently six years old, but when our, um, our, our first child just started eating solids, um, so when our son first started eating solids, right around the time that he was six months of age, we looked around at what the different options were in terms of feeding him, and we really wanted to feed him something that was freshly made, um, so something that wasn't necessarily older than he was, that was high quality from an ingredient perspective, and um, and we didn't really love the different the different solutions that we found in the market, and so. I decided to start making all of his food from scratch. Um, So starting with single ingredient purees, um, I would, I would spend, you know, one to two hours, you know, a few nights a week, essentially making his food the night before for the next day. And I found that as he was getting older, I wanted to make sure that not only, you know, were we feeding him really fresh, high quality food, but that we were continually introducing new ingredients. So everything from new spices and flavor profiles to different textures to, you know, a greater variety and source of produce and proteins. And so what I found was that I would be spending more and more time in the planning and the prepping and the cooking um, than I necessarily had. Um, So in many cases, I would be doing it late at night. And um, in talking to other parent friends of ours and asking them, what were they doing to feed their kids? We were finding a lot of families would use a variety of different solutions, whether it would be boxed food, frozen food, jarred food, etc., um, because they needed something that was convenient and they didn't necessarily have the time to do it themselves. and um, And they would love for a solution that provided something that was fresher, that was higher quality ingredients, that wasn't um, you know the same thing over and over again, but that offered a greater variety to really help you know, expand their kids' palates, and um, and that's really how the idea of Nurture Life was born. We wanted to create a solution for families and a product for families that they could feel really good about in terms of the quality of what they were feeding, but in a way that was very convenient for them.
0: I am not a parent yet, but I do have an eight-month-old nephew, so I've been kind of um, there in the on the front line with him eating, you know, finding out what he's eating, and they are introducing, my brother and, and sister-in-law are introducing a lot of new foods, and right now he's doing, like, one to two food combinations. Um How, I know that there's a process as far as once babies can start eating solids, like you mentioned, you go and you introduce new things. How is that helping you decide on the recipes? And so talk to me about that, like, what are the recipes like, and how do they differ uh, once you know the the children are getting older
1: yeah no that's a great question so what we do is um, we have three different baby stages um, so we have baby stage one which are single ingredient purees and this allows parents to do um, exactly what you just talked about so essentially introduce you know one ingredient wait a few days, introduce another ingredient. We do, with our baby stage one purees, um, recommend that families start with things that are more savory. So examples of of baby stage one purees that we have is everything from like a butternut squash or roasted garnet yam to an edamame puree, which is a little bit more unique, to like more common purees um, that are fruit-based purees like the pear um, or golden delicious apple. Graduating to stage two, we have combination purees. And our combination purees are where we start to get very unique um, from, from what's you know currently available um, in the market. And so with our combination purees, we like to combine a variety of different ingredients and spices. So with a lot of our combination purees, we'll have produce, um, proteins, grains, and spices. So examples of our combination purees would be like a blackberry apple chia or on the more unique side a squash raisin bell pepper couscous and they're ever so slightly thicker textured Um, and then stage three we have what we call finger foods and so the whole idea behind a finger food or nurture life finger food is that it is a whole meal, but it is diced up for a child who is just starting to learn how to feed themselves. So the pieces are big enough so that a baby can pick them up, sell, pick them up themselves and self feed, but small enough so that a baby will not choke on them. Um, so an example of, um, of a finger food could be something like a chicken meatballs and, um, and pasta or a ratatouille, um, with a pasta or a turkey, um, and garnet yam. Those would be some examples of our baby stage, um, baby, baby, stage three finger foods. And then when it comes to toddler and kid meals, we have essentially whole meals. Um, so the idea behind our toddler and kid meals is that we focus on, um, having the right amount of produce, um, proteins and um, whole grains um, based off of what a child needs from their age and stage of development and um, our meals range from anywhere from meals that are more suited towards children that are a little bit more selective or, or a little bit of a picky eater so for example like a mac and cheese or a chicken by smash jams and green beans but when we do meals that are, that are more suited for picky eaters we try to make sure that they are very balanced nutritionally so say for instance our mac and cheese with cauliflower it has a very healthy dose of cauliflower for the vitamins and minerals and the pasta in it or the elbow pasta is whole grain when we do like a chicken bites we'll make sure that it is Um, baked, and that we pair it with a healthy dose of um, produce. um, So green beans, and then also, um, you know, produce and starch with um, roasted garnet yam. And then we also have meals that are more suited towards adventure seeders, because one of the things that we we really want to do with Nurture Life is help children um, expand their palates and have a pretty wide variety of foods that they're interested in eating. Um, so we'll have anything from a butternut squash chili to a teriyaki salmon to a madras curry.
0: And how are you deciding on the recipes? Are you getting feedback from your current customers? Are you working uh, you know, with nutritionists to put together the, the different offerings? How are you doing that?
1: that's a great question um, so we do have a team of registered dietitians and um r&d chefs on on staff and so all of our meal concepts come i would say from three different places so the first place would be our customers so because we're direct to consumer we get a lot of feedback from our customers on what works, what doesn't work based off of our current product offerings and what else they'd like to see on our menu. And then we also have a rating system that enables us to see um, how customers are rating, rating our meals in real time, um, which also gives us a really good perspective on what works and what doesn't work. And then um, our meals and menus are also, so our our pediatric dietitians and our R&D chefs use um, the customer fee- feedback and the meal ratings to really help guide what they are developing, but then they also look at, you know, what they've conceptualized, ideas that they've had, ideas that they've gathered, you know, from coworkers, um, you know, or other sources, and they then they bring those forward in terms of what to develop. So our pediatric dietitians and our R&D chefs work very closely together to conceptualize new product offerings, new meals, and um, and then our pediatric um, dietitians make sure that they stay within what we call nutrition bands. So we have very strict guidelines for what our nutritional requirements are for each stage of our meals. Um, And our registered dietitians work with our R&D chefs to make sure that we are always meeting, you know, the right mix of calories, carbohydrates, sodium, sugar, um, fiber, etc.
0: Sure, that's great. So, you know, we're in such an interesting time, I think, in the food world because there is so much demand for this kind of healthier, simpler, back-to-basic style of eating, I I would say, especially for, for families. But people are also, on the other hand, really into this on-demand lifestyle like you said people are busy people need solutions and they need them quickly which is I mean why I think I was excited to talk to you because I think you fit into the landscape so well was there a fair amount of educating uh, your customer base at the beginning to build trust you know as far as a subscription service for for children's food did you find that people were excited about it right off the bat or was there a fair amount of that trust building that went into it
1: So I would say that when we initially launched, there was a lot of excitement from parents um, about nurture life and i think that was that was really driven from just the need um, that a lot of parents have and feel and the pain points that they feel when it comes to feeding their kids and you know really good solid options to do that and so you know certainly from the beginning a lot of excitement but then with the families that we have that use our service we've definitely over time built up you know a lot of trust and you know it's everything from you know the meals that are and the taste profiles and children's accepting, you know, acceptance to you know, the fact that we are a you know, fully vertically integrated company and we, you know, we manage um, the manufacturing of all of our meals. So there, were, there's, there are just a variety of different points that our families have learned about us over time as they've used the service that, that have really built up their trust and their confidence in Nurture Life.
0: When it comes to your brand story, what would you say is the core message of Nurture Life and how has that affected everything from your social media to your packaging to, um, you know, everything, the way that you're marketing the brand?
1: So in terms of Nurture Life's core message and what we really founded the business on, it was it's the, the mission to impact the healthy development of children. And so all aspects of what we do are really centered around impacting the healthy development of children.
0: What do you think is, and we talked a little bit about sort of today's food landscape, What do you think is the most exciting and maybe most challenging thing about being in the food industry today?
1: I would say the most exciting thing about being in the food industry today is that we have an incredible opportunity to really change the way parents are feeding their children today and to change the nutritional profile of children, um, from the very, very early ages. Um, so starting with babies and, and certainly with, you know, with younger kids and with toddlers. And if we can help create a healthier foundation for eating, um, with children very early on, or, for example, change the profile of how children are eating. So we'll have, you know, we've had multiple families that have come to us that have said, you know, my child has really, you know, just had their checkup and has really high cholesterol. What can you do to help us? You know, can you help us change or turn that around? Because my child is, for example, three years old or six years old. And um, and by providing them with a solution um, that is not only, you know, better for you and healthier for you, for For your child, but is also something that is practical for parents and is convenient, we're able to do that. So I think that what's really exciting is this opportunity for us to really help change the profile of how children are eating. I think that in terms of challenges, the concept of direct-to-consumer food is still something that's relatively new, and, um, you know, there are a lot of families who still, um, you know, are not necessarily familiar with or, you know, or comfortable with the idea of meals being delivered directly to their door. They're still much more used to going to the grocery store or going to, you know, a fast food or, you know, fast food restaurant, fast casual restaurant, takeout, etc. And so one of the challenges is getting consumers more and more comfortable and familiar with direct consumer. And that's certainly happening with the advent of, you know, e-commerce providers like Amazon doing things like Amazon Fresh and Instacart.
0: Yeah, I definitely think it's an exciting time too. And I think that as more and more people get you know, more comfortable with the whole direct-to-consumer, I think there's so much opportunity for for businesses like yours, definitely. For sure. So I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about uh, you and your journey as an entrepreneur. You mentioned in um, our email exchange that this is the first uh, business that you've started. What were you doing before Nurture Life? And has it always been a desire of yours to run your own business?
1: So prior to Nurture Life, I worked in the technology industry um, between the Bay Area and San Francisco. Um, so my career has always been in marketing and um, product management, product development for um, for tech companies. And um, I've worked at a variety of Fortune 500 companies as well as startups. And I've always wanted to, especially towards the latter part of my tech career, i um, I definitely had the entrepreneurial bug and, you know, love the idea of starting a business. And, um, you know, when we when we had our son and came across, you know, the need of feeding him and feeding him better. And, you know, and when we came up with the idea of Nurture Life from the experience that we had in wanting to feed our son really high quality food, it's something that we're so passionate about that, um, that we were just super excited to take the plunge and start.
0: What was the first thing that you did? Like once you had this idea, what, what set the wheels in motion? You know, how did you go from idea to starting the business?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So we we definitely spent um, while we were in the Bay Area working in technology. I was I was running marketing for um, a high growth um, startup, and we definitely spent. I would say a good amount of time after we came up with the initial idea, really kind of, you know, germinating the idea and talking to other parents and, you know, friends of friends and, you know, really kind of coming up with, okay, is this, you know, is this a really solid concept to start? Do we think that there is a market need? Is the market ready for you know, a solution or product solution, a service like this. And once we got comfortable around that, then we start to say, okay, when would we actually take the plunge and start it? Um, because when we, when my co-founder and I, um, decided to start the business, we knew that we wanted to go in head first and, you know, and really, really invest both our time, our energy, our resources in building this business and, and building it for scale. And, um, So what happened is once we became very comfortable with the idea, we both left our jobs, left um, the San Francisco Bay area, really looked at, okay, where where does it make sense to start a business like this? We identified Chicago for a variety of reasons. Um, it's certainly you know one of the major food hubs in the United States, mm-hmm. centrally located from a distribution perspective, and um, it has a really wonderful talent pool. Um, so we relocated to Chicago, and we essentially spent the first year of the business prior to getting into market bringing on board the right talent that we felt we needed in order to really build this business, laying out all of the different foundational elements to build the business. So everything from what would our product mix be to building out, selecting and building out a production facility to building out all our standard operating procedures, starting to, you know, work on our branding, our um, marketing, our technology systems, et cetera, et cetera. And then, a year after we essentially started the business, we got into market by essentially doing a pilot, a two-month pilot with a variety of different families um, that we didn't know and um, and really testing all aspects of the products, the service, and um, the whole ordering process and customer experience process before we um, we fully launched the business.
0: Love that. Yeah, I've definitely um, had the opportunity to talk to a few uh chicago-based food startups and it really seems like there is a lot of support um in chicago especially for for food businesses
1: oh for sure for sure chicago is a wonderful wonderful place to start a food business
0: is there anything that so a lot of people that that listen to the podcast are either food business owners or aspiring business owners in general, is there anything that has surprised you about entrepreneurship or any sort of advice that you would give somebody who is maybe dabbling with an idea um, but isn't sure they want to move forward with it?
1: Sure. I mean, I would say a few things. The first is to try to do as much research and validation of your idea um, as possible to really get a good understanding of whether or not there is a market for it. But at the, in the meantime, also to have a lot of conviction around what you're doing and confidence around what you're doing, because starting a business and getting it to market um, and then certainly working on scaling it is very, very challenging and knowing that, you know, you're going to have, you know, fits and starts and ups and downs and and being able to weather those and, and knowing that, you know, that is going to happen um, is something that I think is very important because starting a business i found is, is much more challenging than say for instance, being a VP of marketing at a technology company. And, um, and when you have a lot of conviction and passion behind what you do, it is much easier to kind of weather the ups and downs and really push through um, than it would be if, if you didn't necessarily have that passion and conviction and then confidence in what you're doing and the market need for what you're doing.
0: Sure. I think that's great advice. Before we wrap things up, I wanted to switch gears a little bit and do some fun, uh, rapid fire style questions. Are you up for that? Sure. Okay. Awesome. So number one, what is your favorite day of the week and why?
1: Okay. It's very cliche, but I'll have to say Fridays. Um, from okay. a work perspective, I typically find Fridays are a little lighter on meetings and I'm able to have more quiet time to work and to think, which I really value. And I also love that the weekend um, and time with my family and our boys is just around the corner.
0: I love that. How many uh, kids do you have now?
1: Uh, so we have two kids. We have a three-year-old and a six-year-old, and they're both boys.
0: Oh, I'm sure that there's a lot of action and, and energy on the weekends. That's awesome. Love
1: Absolutely. That.
0: Okay, number two. What is the last TV show or movie that you watched?
1: So the last TV show that I've watched is um, I'm a little bit of a CNN addict, um, and it's Anthony Bourdain's Parts Unknown.
0: Oh, yes. I love that show, so good.
1: Same, same. I just love how it just exposes me to so many different countries and cultures and how, you know, the role of food um, in, you know, in different cultures.
0: Totally, totally, I agree. Oh, it's so, I haven't watched it since his passing. It's just so sad, but um, it's such a great show. I'm glad that, that we still have that from him. You know, he, he was a great storyteller for sure. Oh, for sure. Okay, number three. If you could only eat three foods for the rest of your life, what would they be?
1: That's a great question. That's a tough question. I know, it's
0: hard enough, even from <laughs> eating.
1: Um, there's so many, oh my gosh, there's so many foods that I would love to eat every day. I would say, well, my all-time favorite food is um a Cantonese crispy style noodles with mixed vegetables so I'd have to say that Yum. um I love fish especially salmon for the protein and the omega-3 fatty acids and vitamin and minerals and um I think my last choice would have to be chocolate I'm a bit of a chocolate addict
0: oh that's a good good combination I like that I definitely maybe would pick chocolate too I love
1: chocolate <laughs> yeah chocolate is chocolate is wonderful <laughs>
0: Okay, number four, what's one thing most people would never guess about you?
1: So I would say, so our boys really love to cook and bake. And just in the past few months, we've started to cook and bake really strange things.
0: What kind of strange things have you been uh, baking and cooking up?
1: So our older son, who's six, had an idea of, Baking an eyeball cake. We were having guests over um, on Sunday night for dinner, and he wanted to bake something that, in his own words, would freak them out. And so, yeah, so we made an eyeball cake.
0: I love it. How did you? With what kind of cake? How did you make it?
1: (laughs) So we did a um, a recipe that we found over the internet, and um, since he wanted, so it was essentially a vanilla cake and um, with vanilla frosting. But he wanted to have, like, blood, Uh you know, that oozed a little bit. So what we did was we used a raspberry jam for the middle layers. And then we used, essentially, colored icing to create the actual eye. So the, the frosting itself was... White and then what we did was we used um, blue and black icing to essentially create the eye. And then mm-hmm. he wanted to create like blood vessels that went around the <laughs> eyes. So then what we used is we essentially used um, red gel. Oh, uh, red okay. edible gel to uh, to create the blood vessels.
0: Very cool. Did was he successful in freaking people out that came over?
1: He was. He was. <laughs> but the funny thing about the cake is not only did it definitely look like an eyeball It was ever so slightly freaky and odd, but, um, but the, t- the cake actually tasted really, really good.
0: That's good. For sure. I love that. That is so cute. <laughs> well, Jennifer, this has been so much fun. Uh, before we sign off, where can people learn more about you and nurture life?
1: Yeah. So for anyone who's interested in learning more about nurture life, and um, looking for a solution um, to really feed their children, you know, freshly made, high-quality, nutritionally balanced meals, um, I would recommend they visit um, NurtureLife.com. And it's just um, NurtureLife, so N-U-R-T-U-R-E-L-I-F-E.com. Perfect.
0: Well, there you have it. I hope you enjoyed this interview. If you want to check out more interviews in the Better Food Stories series, you can follow me at Audria Greenhoff on Medium or visit audreagreenhoff.com. I'm also Audrea Greenhoff on Twitter and Instagram.